Welcome to the Joe Schmo Theology Podcast, where we discuss confessions. I ain't confessing nothing! Reformed theology. I don't know what either of those words mean. And apologetics. I am not apologizing for anything either. I am your host, Adam D. Murray, and joined with me today on this program is my brother, Aaron D. Murray. What's up, y'all? This is a bonus episode of Joe Schmo Theology, the podcast where two dummies talk about smart things, or in this case, just one dummy. Um, Adam is not here today, but we have Jay Duran, our uh, resident Indian seminary student, here to talk with us about the prosperity gospel. But before we do that, Jay, why don't you catch us up on some of your seminary studies and how is life going for you? Well, seminary life is going well. I just finished my fall quarter and I'm here for my Thanksgiving break. It was a great quarter and had some really good productive time and also... Hopefully some intellectual and spiritual growth. Good, good, <laughs> good. And your classes start up here in a week and a half again for your winter semester? Yep. Yeah, very good. So what? What's uh, where are you at right now in your seminary studies? How much do you have uh, left? So I'm in my middle year. I have uh, almost two years to go, Okay, including this year. Very, very good. So in our uh, <laughs> private conversations, we've had um, quite a lengthy discussion on the prosperity gospel, and then it is something that... Uh, you are very passionate about. So mm-hmm. um, I thought maybe we th- this podcast could be a good podcast for us to talk about what the prosperity gospel is, um, maybe some of its roots, if you know where they came from, some of the implications, and then how how do we um, disciple people out of this false teaching? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you could just start off by saying, well, define it, what is it, what, what are some of its main teachings? Yeah, uh, before I begin that, I want to give a little bit of context as to how uh, I'm in, interested in this topic. Um, and I think people here need to know it. I think the most adverse effects, even, even though I don't want to diminish any of its adverse effects here in the U.S., I think the worst things that could be said about prosperity gospel is that it deceives pe- the poorest of the poorest across the globe. So I think the worst the worst um, effect of this movement is found in places like Asia and Africa. And so I come from one of those contexts where uh, 95% of the evangelical movement back in my state is charismatic. And it's not just simply charismatism. It is this uh, word of faith, prosperity gospel type uh, charismatism that is the most prevalent and the most predominant one. And therefore, to do ministry in my context is to deal with this uh, Pretty, you know, it's a pretty normal thing to confront this thing. Uh, prosperity gospel, how do I define it? Well, it's, uh, it's, it has many names. The health, wealth gospel, uh, name it, claim it, positive confession, word of faith. These are all different names for the same thing. Um, to clarify, prosperity gospel is not simply saying that God wants to financially bless us or meet our uh, provision, material provision, which is something we all believe. And saying that does not necessarily make anyone a prosperity uh, preacher, and that does not justify prosperity preaching at the same time. Uh, Prosperity preaching, uh, prosperity gospel is when someone insists that it is God's perfect will for all of us to be 
you know financially rich and prosperous and there is a there is a guaranteed uh, result if you follow certain uh, teachings or techniques that these preachers teach and most of it is just give them money sure. <laughs> and that's where it becomes a heretical doctrine a false teaching and and uh, and and that's where preachers go, um, you know, off off the main course of theology. So that that's the distinctive of this teaching. But we have to keep in mind that this is actually part of a wider, bigger movement, uh, which is why I brought in the names like Word of Faith. And that's where we realize this is not just um, a, a biblical truth blown out of proportion. It is a completely different religion, which uh, worships a different God, which has a different understanding of creation, which has a different under understanding of atonement, which has a different understanding of heaven and glorification. So if you analyze the worldview out of which this movement comes, it is absolutely heretical and has nothing to do with Christianity. Sure, sure. Now, you, you, you said one thing, and I just, just for clarification's sake, um, talking about the prosperity gospel being basically pay the, pay the pastor, give the pastor money. Mm -hmm. um, you are not saying, though, that pastors should not be paid, correct? No, no, yeah, of course not. <laughs> I'm planning to be a pastor, right, so right. I'm not saying anything <laughs> like that. Uh, yes, there is a place for giving, offering, tithing, all of that is there. But even when we uh, teach uh, giving to the church or giving to the pastor, there is nothing like in the Bible that says, you know, if you give to the pastor, you're guaranteed, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to reap... Uh, hundredfold more and you know this is like uh, you know they use the language of seed faith so you know this is a seed that you're sowing into someone's ministry and there are different types of ministries which are good ground you know that's the way some of these preachers preach uh, that if you sow it in the right ministry you reap you know sort of like the spiritual lottery sure. kind of yeah. thing that's where this is uh, this is wrong yeah it's not it's not wrong to give the pastor but there's no guarantee that if you give to the right ministry you'll become a millionaire sure Sure. Now, you, you said the kind of the seed faith um, aspect of it, but what are some other techniques that um, the, these um, <clears throat> prosperity preachers will use? Well, the ones that I am familiar with are, uh, you know, they'll say that if, um, if you are in a financial crisis or debt, it's because uh, you have not sown in faith. So they'll talk about certain ministries being the good ground into which if you sow, the Lord will bless you. I've also seen crazy methods used by preachers on TV where they will quote a verse and they will always quote a verse which is about 50, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Isaiah 58, uh -huh. 55, uh -huh. and then they'll say the $58, 55-cent seed. You know, they'll never say <laughs> Psalm 1-1 because it's... One dollar, one cent. Right. Okay. Yeah, these kind of weird techniques they use without any kind of biblical justification. Uh, but it's always going for, you need to give money to uh, get it. And they'll use uh, sometimes even verses that are out of, out of context from Jesus. Like, you know, th those who... Uh, those who had to give up their fathers and mothers, you know, they'll get it hundredfold. Right. They'll say, oh, yeah, if you sow a hundred dollars, you'll get a thousand dollars back. And I, I actually, uh, so there was a, there's a Christian television network back in India, which is sort of the TBN uh, or the PTL or whatever uh, you guys have over here. It's sort of the Indian variant of that. And it's run by an American. Uh, no surprises there. <laughs> Sadly, this is this is an export from this nation. Oh, yeah, we've and got so, a lot of issues. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, so there's an American, and, 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 and every year, you, you might know this, on every satellite television, Christian television, which is, you know, I always say Christian television within quotes, which is one of the biggest tools of this deception, deceptive teaching across the globe. Most, most, most channels have like a season where they do fundraising, and that's when you hear this 
uh, teaching employed uh, I saw this guy this American who was running this Indian network said you know if you get thousand uh, dollars what should you do well put that thousand back into the ministry and you will get hundredfold you know how much is thousand into hundred right, right. you know what should you do with that a oh, hundred thousand put it back into the ministry and he was just going on this Ponzi scheme whereby you put put more money back into the ministry and you get it it sounds very much like the best MLM you know mm. yeah. <laughs> uh, plan out there and it's it, what it does fundamentally is it cheapens the gospel of Jesus Christ as a mere money-making scheme where the ultimate blessing that you receive from the gospel is not God himself or communion with God himself, but rather these kind of material ends. And, and that not only is a false teaching, it draws all kinds of false converts into the church, mm-hmm. you know, the people who want to make money. It's not, it's not the right kind of people who have been repentant of their sins and who want to have a real fellowship with the triune God. Sure. See, that, that's, that's, that's dangerous. Sure. sure. And I didn't prime you for this, but I have full confidence you'll be able to give us a fantastic answer here. Um, one of the things that I, I've heard them employ where they talk about um, Jesus being surprised or, or marveled. Mm-hmm. So there's only two times in Scripture where it says that Jesus marvels. Mm-hmm. One is when Jesus marvels at the centurion for the amount of faith that he has. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he heals uh, the centurion's child. Mm-hmm. The other time it says Jesus marvels because people had lack of faith. So Jesus is in his hometown. <clears throat> this, is, this is in the, the book of Mark. He's in mm-hmm. his hometown. Mm-hmm. He's trying to do signs and wonders. Um, and it says that Jesus couldn't do anything because of their lack of faith. Uh-huh. So what they'll use is they, they say, Jesus is not working in your life because you don't mm-hmm. have faith. But mm-hmm. once you have, have more faith, Jesus is able to do more work mm-hmm. because of you almost limiting Jesus' omnipotence to the faith of the so-called believer. Yeah. So what, what, what would be your... Yeah, I've heard, I've, that's a classic <laughs> argument they employ. Uh, there, there is, uh, like all heretical false teaching, there's a kernel of truth in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, God does require us to have faith where, you know, he, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. Uh, but they, they take that lack of faith and Jesus was unable to do it and sort of speak it like we can we can put limitations on God, like, uh, like the sovereign purposes of God could be actually hindered by man, by his lack of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to put it like uh, faith is required as a means by which God works. It is not the cause and effect mm-hmm. relationship. It's more like the means and end. Uh, so you you want to be healed of your sickness. You you need to take the medicine. Uh, that's that's a kind of uh, cause and effect relationship. Uh, but that's not what is happening here. Jesus marvels at their unbelief, and certainly because of their unbelief, Jesus did not work there. It's it's not. I've heard uh, some radio preachers talking about you know you can put uh, put you can put shackles on Jesus's hand and limit him and and then ultimately even though their emphasis or their exhortation you need to have faith in god is right what are they going for what 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 what, when will they say i have faith oh you put that seed faith in our ministry that's when you have faith right so then uh, it's not you know believe in the lord jesus christ or believe in his word and you know start obeying and walking in holiness or anything that's not the faith to which they're exhorting the faith is you know if i can write hundred dollar check more than fifty dollar they'll say you have more faith Uh, growing up back in india i remember i went to a youth fellowship and that was the sermon. Uh, grow up to write a thousand dollar check. I mean, in fact, it was not my currency they were talking about. It was dollar. You know, that's wow. that's the amount of influence American Word of Faith movement had. In, in you back. said you were in high school during this time. No, no, this is a little after my college years. But I went to a, a, a and, and he was of course quoting his favorite American uh, preacher who was teaching him how to write a five hundred dollar more than a hundred dollar. It's in terms of money they are defining faith, uh-huh. which is which is problematic. 
Sure. You know, sure. which is problematic. Yeah. Sure. So the exhortation is right. It's blown out of proportion. It's 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 the theology is really wrong. We do not limit God in any sense of like, um, you know, uh, on the logical limitations being placed on God. Of course, God chooses not to work where there is no faith, but that's not a kind of limitation that God, oh, I really wanted to do it. Uh-huh. Obviously, these people are Armenians, so their, their understanding of sovereignty is clearly wrong. And then ultimately, the action they attach with the exhortation to faith is clearly a monetary gain mm-hmm. uh, or money-oriented thing. So it's basically fleecing. Sure, uh, sure. Now, um, do you happen to know uh, the historical roots of this movement? Yeah, I, I want to throw a resource that will be helpful for people. So, you know, some of you, some of the folks who are listening, it probably already knows about Justin Peters. He's a he's um, he's a man who has done quite a lot of work on Benny Hinn, mm-hmm. uh, and I think people who are following uh, the MacArthur camp might know Justin Peters because he's often. Uh, you know, featured in some of their conference. But Justin Peters has a whole uh, DVD or series called A Call to Discernment, which is where I learned some of the uh, roots of this movement. Um, so the Word of Faith Prosperity Movement, you know, sort of the grandfather of the civil movement is Kenneth Hagen, mm-hmm. uh, Rima Ministries down there in uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I happen to know uh, uh, the, the former private secretary of Kenneth Hagin. Oh, so oh, cool. uh, this lady used to work for Kenneth Hagin, then got out, became reformed. She's a fine reformed uh, sister today. But uh, she, she, I have had extensive conversations with her, and she has told me <laughs> the whole thing is a is, is, is farcical and hor- just a sure. hoax. Yeah. Um, so, but but then the, the interesting thing that I learned from uh, Justin Peters is, so Kenneth Hagin is the guy who kind of got this whole doctrine of if you say something by faith, it'll have to come to pass. Uh, that is how even God, even God is under the principle of faith. God spoke with faith. That's why in Genesis wow. 1, you know, things came into being. Yeah, they have a completely different reading of uh, creation. But then it has been proven by many people that Kenyon actually plagiarized all of this from another guy called uh, Kenyon, um, uh, who who is not even a Christian. He's a famous spiritist, uh, sort of uh, that kind of a guy. Who, I don't think he ever, uh, E.W. Uh, e. Kenyon, I think his name is. He's a spiritist. He is a kind of a what we might call today a new age kind of guy. He's not a Christian in any sense. Uh, so it's from that, that sort of uh, Hagen kind of uh, baptized it and made it into a little bit more Christian and brought it into the whole charismatic world, which uh, has a room for these kind of supernatural activity and, you know, believing in faithful miracle. And, 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 and it's, no, it's no surprise to me that Word of Faith movement happens within the charismatic camp. It came into the charismatic camp. Uh, there is all the room for those kind of teachings. So uh, Hagen is sort of the grandfather. And then <clears throat> Hagen's uh, disciple, Kenneth Copeland, is the guy who I think has popularized it far more than anybody else. And Copeland also has the same doctrine. He has actually made even worse assertions, like God is, you know, six feet two inches and <laughs> oh, <my laughs> 200 pounds. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's Hagen, uh, sorry, Copeland. And Copeland believes the greatest failure in the Bible is God himself because oh, he lost everything. Goodness. And yeah, and so some of the most systematic uh, development of this doctrine is in Copeland. And then Copeland has a lot of associates, uh, you know, Cruft Dollar and, you know, all these people are, are of the same camp. Like Benny Hinn is also another uh, popular figure, even though Benny Hinn focused more on healing if you probe uh, deeper, Benny Hinn's, some of his theological uh, understand, underpinnings are basically word of faith. Now, of course, in the 90s, 
92 or 93 i forgot it was like timeline or something like that abc or uh, nbc or some of this one of those television networks um, had a whole s- series where they kind of uh, exposed Benny Hinn and then you know there there's actually a recording uh, you, if you want to you can google and find out um, uh, where Benny Hinn comes on the 700 club which is not the greatest TV show out there but Benny Hinn comes to Senator Club and uh, uh, who runs the Senator Club my mind is slipping that guy who does the Senator Club I have no idea yeah anyway in Senator Club Benny Hinn repents of his prosperity gospel and word of faith and he says you know this teaching is wrong and all of that but you know it's you know he he as soon as the spotlight went away from him uh, he got back to the same business of preaching all this nonsense and even you know, Benny Hinn has made statements like, you know, God, in God there are actually nine persons because Whoa. each person in the Trinity has a body and a spirit. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, yeah, so the, they have, so the point I'm trying to make is it's not just that they take the emphasis uh, in Scripture of God will meet your you know, material needs and then blow it out of proportion. They have, if you dig deep, their theology, their understanding of who God is, uh, what is the purpose of creation? How did he accomplish? Uh, what, did, what did Christ accomplish on the cross? You know, you, you un- unpack their systematic theology, and it is a completely different religion. And as I said, Hagen got it from someone who's not even a Christian. And it, it, all of these people believe, when it comes to the atonement, they believe in what is called the spiritual death of Jesus, which is, you know, Jesus actually went to hell he became like a sinner you know and then he's the first born again man that's what they believe about resurrection uh which is a which is a heresy because if you if you have to be born again jesus was totally depraved he was sinless Uh, he was not sinless and all of that and and so their whole understanding of atonement is different and what happens to people who are then regenerated they have the whole little god's doctrine so we become little gods and so god spoke and it came to pass by faith in genesis 1 now we speak and it comes to pass uh so they believe in we becoming little gods and so this the the the, the prosperity doctrine is in is is couched in a context of absolute heresy mm-hmm. and if you if you want uh, justin peters he has like six or seven uh, four or six sessions i think where he unpacks all of this and he shows this is not extreme weird forms of charismatics this is a completely sure. different heretical group right. and it's it's a uh, it's foolish of people to say this is Christian uh, TV preaching. This is not Christian, mm-hmm. you know. Not, not at all. So no, right. not at all. Right. So um, what would be some of the? Obviously, you've got the the heresy that that people would fall into if they if they start believing this, and then you've got the perpetual poverty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other things that that might be very destructive to someone who falls into this teaching? <laughs> You will lose your money. (laughs) I had a friend back in India uh, who who straight after his college, his engineering school, he got placed in Microsoft. To get in Microsoft, you know, you're really rich. You're paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars every month. And then I met him a year later and he was bankrupt. He was he was uh, he was meeting me to invite me for his wedding, and he said, "My wife." So by the way, in India, the guy pays everything for the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> we believe in male headship. You, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you need to get married here. So, but he was embarrassed to say everything. Jay, everything is paid by my wife's family. I am bankrupt, and I'm like. Dude, you work for Microsoft. You must be one of the richest Indians out there. No, I was part of a prosperity gospel church where they kept saying, if I sow more, I'll get more money. 
and he basically lost all of that money. Uh, so you lose your money. Uh, you'll start believing in a different gospel. You'll uh, not grow in holiness. Obviously, your understanding of atonement, your understanding of glorification, and it's it's a everything that you can say about what happens if a person embraces heresy, you can say about this one too, sure. right? Uh, it's very destructive. Your understanding of Jesus is completely wrong. Uh, you're not hearing the right uh, gospel. And then every sermon, basically, any text they take, they're trying to push this doctrine at you. There's nothing else coming out. And, and so it's, it's, a, it's a highly destructive uh, one. I, I, I can't think of anything other than that. I have never been part of any such movement. I've only uh, dealt with people who have been part of such movements and I had to deal with the teachings as such. Um, so I haven't had like pastorally engaged with anybody sure. who was deeply into it. I've met people who have come out of it. Now the problem, <clears throat> uh, the problem with dealing with some of these people, like lay people who are into it is they don't fully realize the whole theological, heretical aspect. Sure. They just take it as, oh, God wants to bless me. You know, it's a very encouraging message. You know? Right, right. So, um, <clears throat> Did, did your friend recognize that it was a result of the prosperity gospel that he was believing, which led to his poverty? Or, yes, okay. yes. Yeah, he came He came under another ministry which was actually preaching some really good biblical doctrine and uh, um, explicitly dealing with the prosperity gospel. And he and obviously it, it doesn't take much... Uh, it, it, it's common sense to realize if you're working for Microsoft and getting paid and right. then you're in bankrupt. And then after a while you realize these people promise much and deliver very little right. you know they, they are getting and then then people will be very pleased to go there rather than a place where a week in week out you're, you're being told uh, to pursue holiness sure sure you know and so it, it's cheap grace as Bonhoeffer would put it uh, in a different context though and, and so it's very easy for people uh, poor uh, in developing nations where this message is wow this is great mm -hmm. this is really great you know God wants us to be rich um, so I, I, I would say those two are the theological reason as well as the existential reason as to people are living in debt and all kinds of uh -huh. difficulties, uh -huh. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So now um, let's shift and kind of wrap this up with um, two questions. One, um, how would you um, encourage someone who is involved in this? So how, how, how would you disciple them? Mm -hmm. And then two, how would you encourage someone who is discipling someone who is, who is struggling with this? Yeah, well, someone who is in this movement, I would I would probe that person uh, to go to the scriptures and see what the real gospel is, because you know it it'll be difficult to prove it from scripture that the message of the scriptures is once you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know you're going to be physically healthy and right. wealthy. Uh, there are some verses they go and twist, but if you look at the whole teaching of scripture, it's very difficult to prove that. You know, uh, suffering is an integral part of our Christian life and pilgrimage. You know, Philippians one twenty nine, you've been called not only to believe but also to suffer for Christ's name so and the, the prosperity gospel preachers have no theology no place for suffering suffering is a if you're suffering you're you're under the curse of God you're not under the favor of God uh, and suffering e includes even poverty you know uh, so I would want to correct that and bring in a biblical perspective of the, the realistic understanding of Christian life where suffering is an integral part of your discipleship uh, taking up the cross and following Jesus we're not called to have uh, you know millionaire lifestyle here and then correct some of that over-realized eschatology that they have that you know we're gonna have you know fully perfect sure. physically you know healthy bodies 
that's all coming. That's all in, in, in later on where we, we will have that kind of a perfect life, not right now. So I, I want to take them to Scripture and show them the real gospel. Um, and, and, and if they're still struggling, what they ultimately need to see is that their biggest prosperity, their biggest treasure is not money, but God himself. Mm-hmm. So I, wanna, I, wanna, I will try to show them the beauty of God and, and having God far more than any physical riches. Sure. For those who are discipling someone who is trying to reach out to people who are caught up uh, in prosperity gospel, I would say there are lots of good resources out there. Uh, like Justin Peters one, which gives you an understanding of some of the uh, false heretical roots of this uh, movement. I think there are tons of blogs and websites dedicated to reaching out to you know the the water faith camp. Uh, be 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 careful. Some of these discernment ministries are just you know throwing mud at people. Uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, there are a lot of resources, I would say, encourage people to. Uh, the MacArthur Camp is, the reason I mentioned MacArthur Camp is because that's one of the few ministries which have a presence in places like India, right. uh, where their books and their resources are available. Uh, over here, you have plenty of ministries. I'm, uh, I don't think I have to name any, uh, where there are books and conferences and things like that, where you can deal with the prosperity gospel. But I will encourage them to surround themselves with those kind of resources and be knowledgeable about some of these classic texts they twist and to um, you know be be well versed with the theology as well as the some of these uh, techniques they use to deceive people um, and, and yeah that that that's where I will I will uh, lead people yeah. sure so it seems that this may be overly simplistic but in a sense it needs to be is just get them involved in reading scripture mm-hmm. um, and not just bits and pieces and just be involved in prayer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of these people, like if you're if, if you're dealing with someone who's involved in this movement, some of these people don't really know the fuller picture of this heretical movement. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I was dealing with uh, a sister who was very much uh, in love with Joyce Meyer. Hey, oh, Joyce Meyer, it makes me so encouraged. Sure. But then, you know, you're listening to Joyce Meyer talk about hitting the gym every week so that you are disciplined or, or having a disciplined mind so that you overcome worry or anxiety. You listen to Joyce Meyer on those things. She sounds very encouraging, sort of mildly biblical. Sure. Uh, but there are there are teachings of Joyce Meyer where she, where she will say, you know, Jesus died on the cross and that's not the end of the atonement work. Wow. You know, uh, she she has a funny, you know, twist on, you know, Jesus turned to the, 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 the thief on the cross and said, you know, today you'll be with me in paradise. All these word of faith guys have to work around that because, you know, Jesus is not going to paradise. He's actually going to hell for three days. So they say, you know, I say to you today, comma, you'll be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a funny way of uh, twisting that scripture. And there are, there are so what, I, what I'm trying to get at is you, you need to show people that beyond this, you know, Know, encouraging merely uh, existential aspects of their teaching there is a bigger uh, the, the rest of the iceberg where where their heretical theological notions are need to be divulged to these people who normally in their half an hour program on TV they won't hear it uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know so uh, that's why I said you need to be well versed with the theological underpinnings of this movement and then to reveal it to the people who are hooked on to this uh, you're getting encouragement from a heretic mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, for example, T.D. Jakes, another another big uh, prosperity preacher. People love listening to him. Oh, he's the most encouraging. He's the most dynamic preacher out there. T.D. Jakes, as far as I know, the last time I, I checked on him, he's still a modelist. Yep. Now, he's not talking about modelism and oneness doctrine every, every half an hour program that he does a week by week. But 
you're getting encouragement from a non-Trinitarian. Right. And, and I've actually confronted people who endorse T.D. Jakes and I've asked him, like, you know, in, in, in uh, Second and Third John, you know, you're said not even to invite people who believe in heretical you know, notions. Um, and you're saying he's very encouraging. And I found, I've come to see they love their encouragement far more than the doctrine of Trinity. Sure. They love themselves far more than God. And so that that's where I would say... Uh, at the heart level, some of these people need to be delivered from their love for themselves and, and, and be exposed to a, a, a good expositional ministry by which they actually come to meet the real God and fall in love with Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would, I would say more than the encouragement and these tidbits they hear week in week on, there, there needs to be an unpacking of the deeper theological issues with this movement. For sure. Now, did you say, <clears throat> just in regards to the theological movement, um, did you say that generally prosperity gospel preachers will say that Jesus descended into hell, or was that your specific? No, that's the doctrine of spiritual death of Jesus. They believe that Jesus had to spiritually die, and what they mean by that is Jesus actually went to hell. You know, they don't like the fact that Jesus paid everything on the cross, bearing the wrath of God. They want him to go to hell. They want him to fight with the devil, you know. It's a very dramatic kind of way of saying, and then and then he has to be born again at the end of the third day. Okay. Uh, so they don't believe Jesus, when he died on the cross, he immediately went to the paradise. He went to heaven. He went to. They don't believe that. Sure. They believe he actually descend, and they take the descended into hell in a very literal sense. Okay. Okay. I see. I thought you had said that for a second. I was like, oh boy, I'm about to cross swords with Jay here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Yeah, it, it's a very uh, standard doctrine of the Word of Faith movement called the spiritual death of Jesus, which is an, again another heretical uh, doctrine. Uh, but they all believe that. Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, do you have any uh, closing thoughts or closing remarks or words of encouragement for anybody? I've, I've come across people who are actually really deeply involved in the prosperity movement and then by the grace of God have come out. So if anyone hearing is really burdened about, uh, you know, someone who's um, lost in this movement, I, I, we, we, God is able to deliver people from any kind of deception and bring them into a, a sound understanding of his truth. So I want to encourage people. I've seen... Lots of people deceived by this movement. At the same time, I've seen a handful of people actually coming out of this who are really deeply involved in uh, some of these movements. The other thing is I would encourage everyone to be praying. Um, that's especially Americans. Pray that these kind of ministries will stop exporting this junk yeah. across the nations. It, it, it is doing unbelievable damage uh, to the worldwide church. Uh, I would say this is probably the fastest growing. I mean, people say the fastest growing, as, uh, you know, the the, the, the the fastest growing church is the charismatic church. It, it's, it's not nuanced properly. The fastest growing church is the word of faith church, which means the fastest growing church is the heretical church. And so we ought to be praying that Lord stop this deception and this whole Christian satellite television is just 95 percentage this rubbish and 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 there are places like 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 india where people don't get to hear anything from the united states other than this you know and they think wow these big buildings and big churches i can have churches like that and there are pastors who have never been able to go to any kind of biblical uh school or training or seminary they uh, mimic this and ape this and, you know, churches and people and lives are affected. So I would encourage people to strongly pray against this worldwide deception. Yeah. 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 Okay, good deal. Well, Jay, thank you so much for your time. And I know this is uh, this is very sacred to you because it's your time off between studies. And oh. you've, been, you've been very helpful. At some point, we uh, will still 
have you on and you and Adam can uh, talk about psalmody and oh yeah he Looking can uh, to that. he can pick your brain on that so sure all right well guys this is a bonus episode of Joe Schmo theology remember that every Joe Schmo can grow some mo peace Amen. <laughs>